Welcome to the Biz Times MKE podcast and another episode of the weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, managing editor at Biz Times Media, and I'm joined on the weekly debrief, as always, by Biz Times editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Well, pretty good, but I think I'm going to have to finally shovel my driveway. <laughs> Been like holding out, refusing to do it. It hasn't really snowed, or when it does, it melts. But now I think I'm finally going to have to actually bite the bullet and actually shovel the thing. It's not, we keep getting more. I think winter's finally here. Yeah. In late January. Well, it took a while to arrive. I had the experience the other day of uh, enough snow that I got the snowblower out, but I it waited too long in the day and it was wet and heavy and the snowblower didn't work really. So I was, uh, it became more of a plow and I just kind of pushed it to the. <laughs> the edges of the driveway and then shoveled it. Um, but it worked out uh, in the end, got there. So yeah, winter has arrived, finally made its appearance. Hopefully it doesn't stick around too long, but we we shall see. Wanna, before we dive into our, our stories of the week, uh, we had our first event of the year. BizTimes hosts a number of events throughout the year. Had our first one of the year this week, our annual economic trends breakfast. Um, we had Mike Knetter, from UW-Madison there, kind of giving us a, a macroeconomic outlook, and then folks diving into industries and you know, workforce and different things. So curious, Andrew, if you uh, if you walked away from the breakfast more or less optimistic, pessimistic about where we're headed in 2023? Hmm. I would say that I am slightly more optimistic than I was and I guess that's sort of my overall feeling is slight optimism that while there's a lot of doom and gloom, a lot of expectations that this is going to be a rough year, that, you know, all this inflation we've seen and all the 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 interest rate hikes, you know, it's going to all come home to roost in 2023. And we're going to we're going to feel some pain and we're going to be in a recession to some degree. After our economic trends event, I feel hopeful that maybe we're either going to squeak by and avoid a recession or we'll have a soft landing and it won't be a severe recession. And I, I think, you know, we continue to talk about, as we have on this podcast many times, the, the state of the labor market that remains very healthy. And despite, you know, the start of 2022 with two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, which had a lot of people screaming, we're in a recession. That is not technically the definition of a recession. That's kind of the the sort of layman's common rule of thumb, but technically that's not what determines a recession. And there's more analysis that goes into it. And frankly, with a labor market where unemployment is three point something percent, that's really hard to define that as a recession. Mm-hmm. And then we had the second half of the year that was positive. We just found out fourth quarter GDP was what? 2.9% growth. So mm-hmm. will we, that continue? Or again, I think the fear is that, well, these interest rates are really going to, the impact of them will kick in in 2023. But if the labor market holds up and we're seeing some deterioration there for sure, and we're going to talk about, an example of that later, um, you know, tech sectors had some layoffs, but at the macro level, it's still a very strong labor market. And there's been some progress made on 
calming down inflation. So I guess that's my answer is that I'm slightly optimistic, slightly more optimistic that 23 will not be uh, the rough year we think that we may see a soft landing or a we, we avoid recession. Yeah, I think Mike Knetter's presentation left me feeling a little bit better. And then we wrapped yeah. up the morning with Frank Krejci from Stratech, who made me a little a little less optimistic, at least <laughs> on a more micro company by company level. And then it's a question of, you know, how does that translate? But Frank made the point of people sitting on a lot of inventory and, you know, a lot of concern there and what, you know, what happens if there's no demand for that inventory. Um, so maybe, you know, some rough, rough spots on a more micro company by company level. And, uh, but Mike had me feeling pretty good um, uh, about the macro environment. So um, before we dive into our big story of the week, which we'll touch on some of these economic related issues and uh, the labor force in some way, uh, let's do our insider story spotlight. That is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that were available only to BizTimes insiders. If you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support, your work or your support helps make our work possible. So thank you very much. If you're not an insider, the equivalent of $9 a month gets you access to all of our stories, discounted admission to some of our events, and other insider benefits. So please do consider it. Andrew, what is your insider spotlight story this week? So I'm going to again uh, highlight a story we broke, uh, another story we broke about uh, the BMO Tower office building in downtown Milwaukee. This is the relatively new, uh, it opened in 2020, uh, office building developed by Ergens. And we broke another story about another tenant that's head over there. This time it's fiduciary management, which is going to be moving from the 100 East building over to BMO Tower. Um, this comes on the heels of our previous week. We reported about CBRE moving its office from the U.S. Bank Center to BMO Tower. Obviously, BMO's moved there. Uh, Michael Best Law Firm has moved there. And there are several other firms that, you know, we're seeing this flight to quality that often happens when you get a new office building um, that's attracting tenants from older buildings. And it's particularly interesting in a time where, okay, we've had the pandemic and we've had the shift in the workforce to a work from home model or a hybrid model. And you know, big questions about, you know, the future of office space and, you know, the, the actual need for office space and how that's all going to shake out with the commercial real estate industry. And then you have, this is one of the, one of two new office buildings that opened downtown during the pandemic. You thought, boy, what a tough time to open a new office building. But this building is showing that once again, a new building attracts tenants from old buildings. That's the thing we've seen in the past in downtown Milwaukee. And the stress is on the old buildings, really, more so than the new buildings to for the old buildings that remain competitive. And Hunter East in particular is you know is in receivership and and so its future is is very much in doubt. So it's interesting to see the continued kind of story playing out at the BMO Tower. Yeah, certainly. Um, a little different, you know, when it's, uh, like you said, coming from 100 East, which is in receivership, has its challenges versus the previous week where CBRE was leaving the U.S. Bank building 
right. which while an older building age-wise is certainly not, you know, doesn't show that in quite maybe the same way. Yeah, um, you don't see a lot of tenants leaving U.S. Bank Center. Um, yeah. Hard East is kind of like a situation where here's a building that's in severe trouble. You know, it's like you're you're jumping off jumping off the sinking ship. Um, U.S. Bank Center was more of a surprise for sure. Yeah. Well, my insider story spotlight this week, I'm going to go ahead and cheat a little bit and actually highlight a number of stories. Uh, one of the things we do make a point to cover quite a bit and are typically stories available only to our insiders, um, stories about people and people, you know, new hires, promotions, things like that, especially at the top levels of companies. So just a quick roundup of some of the news from this week. Um, Sussex IM, manufacturer in Sussex, named the new president and CEO. Spring Bank named the new president. Uh, North Shore Bank promoted someone to CEO. And uh, we had saw Quad Graphics, a top executive, leave there and go to Kohl's um, for a, a role. And they also, Quad, of course, made a promotion to fill that opening. So check out those stories for all the details on the who, what, where, when. Um, and some of the why, but just a quick roundup of, of the, the flurry of people news we had this week. And I strongly encourage everyone to sign up for the People Weekly e-newsletter that we send out every Thursday, which really encompasses the major news with people, uh, business leaders and others in the Milwaukee area and kind of what's going on with them. It's like a who's who of, of, of kind of movers and shakers and where they're moving and shaking. Um, and just, just to stay on top of that activity with people of note in the community. People Weekly, Thursday e-newsletter, sign up for it. Yeah. If you're at biztimes.com, look for the email newsletters uh, button in the upper left-hand corner of the page uh, to sign up. With that, Andrew, let's shift gears to our big story of the week. And we mentioned that it kind of touches on the labor force um, and dynamics there. We mentioned there's been some layoffs in the tech world. Well, uh, we saw that this week um, expand beyond tech area to some manufacturing, uh, specifically Briggs and Stratton, which is based in Wauwatosa and is a, uh, you know, one of those legacy names in Milwaukee manufacturing. Uh, announced uh, or news broke they're going to lay off 160 people as they shut down uh, two production lines and move that work to other facilities within their operations. Certainly less than ideal news to hear 160 people out of a job. So, you know, it's uh, the continued decline of of Briggs and Stratton's presence in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's really a sad story. I mean, this is, as you mentioned, this is a legacy name of the Milwaukee business community. An iconic manufacturer um, was once just a a giant here, and it continues to shrink and decline. Briggs, you know, went through bankruptcy in 2020. Uh, It was then sold to a New York-based private equity firm that same year. And, you know, we certainly have seen what private equity does. They try to improve the value of a company and they're, they're generally short term holders of that asset. And, you know, so they, when they bought Bridges and Stratton, they made a lot of statements about their commitment to 
our community. And in fact, in in their statement uh, on Friday about these layoffs, they again reinforced the fact that they we're very committed to the Milwaukee community. We maintain our corporate headquarters in the Milwaukee area. And while all that's great, um, it's very discerning to see, or disconcerting to see that, well, they've decided to move some lines out of the out of Wauwatosa and lay up 160 people. I mean, they also had closed a, a recently opened distribution center in Germantown. So they are obviously shrinking, continuing to shrink their presence here in the Milwaukee area. And it's just a, it's a sad thing to see what's, what's happened to Briggs and you wonder about its future and you wonder about its future in the Milwaukee area. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, so last year they also, um, they sold their Wauwatosa plant, but it was in a sale leaseback deal mm-hmm. um, to Phoenix investors, $24 million deal. Part of that included a 15 year lease. Um, so they, they do have that in some way tying them, you know, yeah. to the area, to the facility. Obviously they're going to try and figure out the most efficient, the most profitable way to go ahead and get work done. Um, so that's something to consider. But it's, you know, it's interesting. They have been, you know, involved in making that the transition from, um, internal combustion engines, you know, that they're known for making to battery powered, um, things. They're getting into energy storage, getting into some other areas. Um, and we've seen, you know, other companies in the area, um, make transitions in similar areas. Um, you know, right up, actually right up the road from the, the Briggs and Stratton plant, Milwaukee Tool, obviously smaller thing, but um, the advent of cordless power tools has fueled incredible growth. Uh, we look to the south, Generac, um, which competes with Briggs on on generators and, and some, you know, some products has seen incredible growth in recent years um, based on that. And, you know, They've made a go of it and, and had this growth and grown in the region. Um, also, Generac made a, you know, not a layoff decision, but made a similar kind of decision um, a couple of years ago when they had to need more warehouse space. And they decided to do it in South Carolina because it was closer to, you know, where the products were going to be distributed. Um, and that was more efficient, more profitable, made, made sense from a business perspective. That's a little bit of what's going on here with Briggs, they want to, you know, have it be more finish efficient, minimize freight costs, streamline processes, um, things like that. So um, in some ways, you can't entirely fault a company, but at the same time, um, you'd like to think that um, when a community helps build a company, there's that buys some amount of commitment to the community. Yeah, I mean, they have to do what they have to do. Um, it's just, you know, when when you're the community that's on the losing end of these decisions, it's a tough it's a tough deal. You know, it's it's tough to lose these jobs. Milwaukee, the Milwaukee needs needs them. Milwaukee needs many many more jobs. So, um, it's unfortunate to see uh, just sort of how the Briggs story has played out and continues to play out. But you know, you mentioned you know it's almost like the baton has been passed to the likes of Milwaukee Tool and Generac. And you mentioned them. Those are two of the most 
they have become two of the most important companies in the region because of their incredible growth. They have become the present and the future in many ways of the our business community and in particular for manufacturing. And Briggs increasingly represents the past of Milwaukee's business community. Yeah, it's uh, quite the shift and we'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, like you said, private equity often short-term holder. We'll see what the future holds. We're, you know, two will be, you know, two plus years in here um, to KPS Capital Partners owning the company um, not too long. So more to come, I'm sure. We'll continue to follow it. Uh, but until then, we'll leave it there for this week on the BizTimes MKE podcast and the weekly debrief. Thanks for joining me as always, Andrew. All righty. This is Dan Meyer with BizTimes Media. You've been listening to the BizTimes MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, BizTimes Milwaukee.